0: It was a cold, wet, dreary weekend for Cleveland. Oh, and the Guardians played baseball, too, and not well. But at least we had the advantage of Sunday with another pitcher from the Guardian system. The Cleveland Pitching Factory has done it again, another guy who fits right in. We'll try to erase the bad memories of the weekend with the one shining moment of Logan Allen and the Guardians on Sunday on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You
1: are locked on, Guardians daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM? This is the game for you. Download the game and visit ultimategm.com, or look it up in App Stores. And listeners get a hundred percent free boost to the franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, it didn't matter. I mean, Cleveland uh, sports just kind of pooped the bed this weekend. Uh, it was, listen, you have to beat the Marlins, just like you have to beat the Tigers. Tigers currently rocking a team OPS under six hundred, which you know is is is. It was great that they managed to hit well against Cleveland. If not for Cleveland, the Tigers might have an OPS about 400. But, uh, you know, we'll have the fun with Logan Allen here. We'll get into all of it. But uh, it felt very much the opposite of last weekend where, hey, yeah, they lost the Sunday match, but they won the war this weekend against a bad Marlins team. I mean, that offense is, is not not good. Um, you know, they they dropped two games. They had some opportunities. But let's, I guess, focus instead on the positive for this baseball
0: team. Yeah, we'll get into the rest of the weekend at some point because there are a lot, there are some bad things to discuss, unfortunately. But man, Logan Allen, it, Cleveland seems to just do this with pitchers. It's so fun to watch. I mean, early on, I know people have their complaints about police second Savali, but when police and Savali first came up, everyone was like impressed with their poise and their ability to come out and throw strikes and pitch like they've been in the major leagues for a while. And Peyton Battenfield kind of did that his first couple starts this year. And Logan Allen, I think the best thing you can say about him and any rookie pitcher is that when, you're, when you go out in your debut and you pitch the way that you have pitched in the minors your entire career, he didn't try to do things that he can't do. He didn't try to – he didn't overwork himself, didn't overextend himself. The, you could tell the adrenaline wasn't there. Or the adrenaline, he hit it very well. He used it well. I'm sure the adrenaline was there. But – you didn't see it take over and, and affect him like it does a lot of guys. So I think that's the most impressive thing. He went out there and pitched like a guy who has been pitching in the majors for a long time already. And and that's a good sign because you don't often see guys come up and pitch the way they're capable of right away in the minors. Like you don't see guys come up and pitch um, as good as they normally do and, and how the things they're capable of doing in the minors the right away. So the fact that he came up and looked exactly the way – a carbon copy of his minor league self is a great sign.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he was effective. I was kind of wondering early on if he was going to, you know, I'm not sure if he tied or how close he is to having the most strikeouts of any Cleveland starter this year, but it felt like he had to be top three, at least um, he was missing bats, uh, mixing four pitches effectively throughout the game. And it was, you know, it was a strong debut. It's, The other question, of course, comes to, you know, I was trying to think of like, who is the last last left-handed pitcher they really developed for all of their success. It's been almost exclusively right-handers. It's like, do we have to go back to someone like Lee or Sabathia? The last effective lefty they had was probably Scott Casimir for an entire season, but they haven't developed. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't developed. It was just the dude hadn't pitched for like two years or something like he had had so many injuries, but lefties have been tricky and they have not had one. And, you know Logan Allen the Elder was supposed to be that guy, and many of us really liked him when he came over, but uh, it didn't work out. And Logan Allen the Younger here was able to find a lot of success early on. I will be curious to see when he faces a good a better team. lineup. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's there, there's some interesting players um, down there in Florida, but there's also a lot of a lot of trash in that lineup, and uh, they're just. <laughs> I mean, I say that while saying that they also outhit hit Cleveland um, statistically all year. So take what you will from that. But yeah, it's a team that you have to go out and pitch well against. And I mean, all the starters, I think, did decent this from decent to good. And his was the best performance of all three. It's a very nice debut. And hopefully he'll be here to stick around. Um, before we talk about the game, should we like just talk about La very quickly?
0: Yeah, we can. I was going to taste too, that... Uh... Eight strikeouts by Logan Allen. That is the most by a Cleveland starter this year. That is mind blowing considering how good the staff has been over the past hasn't, few years. It's,
1: hasn't missed bats this year.
0: Yeah, that's so it's not a good thing. It's a good thing that Logan Allen pitched that well. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too concerned too. You said about facing better, better lineup, but he, like I said, he stuck to what he was good at. He, the split change was really good for him. And the fact that the Marlins overloaded the lineup with right-handers played right into his hands, I thought, because that's the second-best pitch for him, or his best secondary. It's a split change. The sleeper's been good, but, you know, he has pitched the, off that change his entire life. So facing right-handers, if the Marlins thought that loading the lineup with right-handers was going to be a good idea, I'm not so sure it was. So, and he, like I said, he pitched to his own strengths. I don't know about the scouting report, but he pitched the way he is supposed to pitch, and he did well. So I'm not too concerned. About who he faces after this, because yeah, there's going to be bumps and stuff. But um, if he just pitches like he's capable of, like he did on on Sunday, he'll be just fine because he clearly has the stuff to do this. Um, yeah, real quick, we can get to Brian Lavastida. I was a little surprised by this. Like, I, I guess at the end of the day, like Lavastida is probably a backup catcher. And I, I thought about this earlier. I think a good outcome for Brian Lavastida is probably David Fry, right? Like. He's not a plus defender. He probably has some versatility to play their positions if you want him to. They haven't done that. The bat is better than the defense. He just hasn't recaptured the offense that he had in 2021. And if Naylor's your guy long term, you know, what are you doing with Lavacita? So I get it. I just think that uh as maybe disappointing as it is to move on from a prospect who I think has a 50-50 shot to be picked up elsewhere and not clear waivers. I under I understand the move as much as the three catcher situation in Cleveland doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me still.
1: I just think it came down to, he struggled last year with health and effectiveness and this year he's playing in double a and struggling. I think they think there's a good chance he clears waivers because who's going to necessarily jump on a catcher with, bad data over two years. So yes, catchers are hard to find. Um, but I think that's, I think it's just a bet on, they think he has a good chance to clear waivers. That was, that was my only thought on him. Like, well, with as bad as he's played in the early going, there's not a, you know, they, 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 there were people who were very high on him two years ago. I was one of them. Um, and there were still places. I feel like fan had him as like a top 15 prospect still in the system. So maybe someone jumps, but right now I think they think he clears waivers. And if he doesn't, um, you know, what stinks is they have no catching depth and system that's really worth anything. Uh, so better work out with Bo Naylor because nothing's coming to help. No one is coming to help anytime
0: soon. Yep. Could have got Sean Murphy and we could talk about.
1: Who's uh, top, top 10 in uh, baseball and OPS, by the way, number one hitter in baseball. Do you know who that is right now in OPS? Brandon Marsh, just just we'll put that out there through the early goings, just like everyone expected. Brandon Marsh, best hitter in baseball. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, Josh Naylor had two hits off a lefty today against Jesus Lozardo. Right. Out of all, out of all the player, out of all the pitchers to hit, I and I don't have him in the Lockdown Guardians league, but I have him in a couple other fantasy leagues. I have Jesus Jesus Lozardo, and I was like, oh, I'm starting him on Sunday because you know, even if the Guardians get shut out by him, I'll get some fantasy points out of it. Out of all the left-handers to hit this weekend, because they didn't end up facing Sandy Alcantara, which we'll talk about, they had to hit Jesus Lizardo. And Josh Naylor had two hits off of him. And he had a steal, too. So, it's just a very weird day in general for the offense. But a good day. I mean, they'll take it. Jose finally swung the bat well. and Rosario swung the bat well. I know we'll talk about that as well. Josh Bell swung the bat well. Everybody... I would say except for Zanino and Arias had good at bats today. And I just can't believe it was against Jesus Lizardo. I and mean, you, you had said, you know, sometimes the velocity is better for them than, you know, Devin Smeltzer and, and Braxton Garrett, who are just junk ballers. Like it's, but it's just so maddening, but you know, of course, Josh Naylor had a good day against uh, a lefty who is like that.
1: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I got to do my victory lap at the start. So I, I should take that moment and be like on this very show. Um, well, we both thought it had a decent chance of it being curry, we did lay out exactly how Allen would get there. So we ended up being right. If you're listening early in the week, we laid that out um, that he was, could be potentially the number two option and it turned out that way. Uh, so did want to give us that moment there. And then, um, you know, I think it is, I think sometimes it's better with velocity and Naylor has a harder time sometimes with that off speed stuff, but it's a weird day, but at the same time, I'm not shocked by the stolen base because like, we'll get into tomorrow's game in a bit but like i argue you should never sack like any reason for sacrifice bunting should be gone forever with the new rules like double steal all the time like there's there's yeah. no reason to ever to go to that old school approach we'll get into that um, more like i said we still haven't still got more in this game to talk about so we're just going to talk about uh, i think segment 2 is going to be very focused on these uh games in a second
0: uh, don't I know forget to some- check out Check out uh, Monday night's game on Sirius XM. Just search for uh, Guardians so make sure you're listening on Sirius XM wherever you are for Guardians baseball.
1: Contral versus Gomber. Yes. Ultimate Pro baseball GM. I was going to pull it up on my phone as I do the ad read to see if anyone has even gotten close to approaching me in terms of the rankings of this. Uh, I last I checked, I was running away with it and that's when I posted my best season yet. Uh, Why do I love ultimate pro baseball? I just have fun. I I find it to be very fun. It's a very relaxing pick up and play game. And once you figure it out, you just turn and burn. I have a score of 4,278 points. Then my number two is me with 3,450 points. Then is Jason Burke with 2,646 points. Needless to say, I'm going to get that money. The bag is coming my way. Check it out for yourself. It is a super, super fun game. And Locked On Guardians listeners get 100% free boost to the franchise using promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Visit ProBaseballGM.com. Scan the code. Look it up in App stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today.
0: All right. Well, before we get into... Can we just say
1: that, like, uh, based on one thing, sorry... Uh Austin Gomber has been absolute trash this year, but does fit the perfect stereotype for what this team struggles with. So I'm not looking forward to
0: Monday. Yeah, it should be interesting. All right. Well, while you're on the topic of being sad for the future, before we get into the rest of the weekend's games, uh, Daniel our News over the weekend. Um, last week, there was a report from Rouglas Odor, nothing against Rouglas Odor, but he had said, oh, you know, it's, you know, we'll be looking forward to getting him back in June, July. Spino wasn't in Akron, and he probably hadn't been told, or if he was, he was trying to pe- throw people off the scent. That was like Thursday of last week about how he could be back in June and July. Well, uh, you know by now, if you're not on Twitter, maybe you haven't seen it, but Daniel Spino is going to have a surgical con- – or I don't know if surgical consult is the right term, but he is going to get a second opinion on his shoulder injury going forward to see what the best course of action is to just uh, have the surgery last year probably oh it's not a good sign it's not a it's, good sign yeah i
1: don't know why they listen i i the minute they drafted it, i said he's gonna miss multiple years with injury you can go listen to that draft night podcast like this is not a shock sadly um that type of velocity with the mechanics there was always a huge risk of this I got suckered in. Listen, I bought in full line and sinker a year ago. Cause they talked about like his flexibility and I'm like, well, maybe that's the trick. Maybe this is, he is like, you know, unreal flexibility. And maybe that is what allows him to do this. And he's another unicorn. And I was wrong at, but I always kept him lower. Like you'll notice leading into last year, I was always significantly lower on him in the field. Cause I'm like, the injury is coming. And we'll see. And if we want to go positive, um, Tristan McKenzie essentially missed two years with injury.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes, no, I know he's no surgery. Now. No surgery.
1: No. We did miss close to two years, um, yeah. back to back. Jo- Joey Cantillo, same thing. We'll see how it goes this year. No surgery there, but still missed time. They've had guys do that and make recoveries, and you know, knock on wood, be relatively healthy afterwards. Hopefully, for McKenzie, this is just a blip and not a sign of something else. But they, there is that. But it just it stinks because we love Bobby to death. You know, no one is higher than we have been all year. We Logan Allen. Is a fantastic arm. Gavin Williams is out there hitting 99 uh, and dazzling people. Espino at peak blows them all out of the water. He has a DeGrom starter kit. Like with those, he was voted the best fastball and I believe best slider in the entire minor leagues by MLB last year. Uh, It's a gut punch. And if you want to know why, like when you hear rumors that... Uh, the Sean Murphy trade, like that it was not Daniel Espino was the ask is teams were worried about things and and that, you know, he was not necessarily the guy who could headline deals because listen, the aims, the aims, no, the A's got burned by James Caprillion a few years ago. They've had a few times They're they're, you know, they're not looking a lot of teams. I, I know the, the comments in my DMS or in my mentions are like, Oh, we should have traded him. Teams weren't going to give you value because the concern after last year was very high. Uh, your better hope is that he gets past all of this and turns into that ACE that he could be. And if he's not an ACE, he could end up being an amazing bullpen weapon, but you're hoping for that. Cause you, listen, the trade value wasn't there because of the injury concerns. And I'll go back to again, draft night where I knew organizations that had him completely off their boards because they thought he would break down. Like there were teams that weren't going to even consider drafting him because of concern about his arm. So that hasn't really changed going through the minors. So this For those teams, that's just confirmation.
0: Yeah, you would much rather have Espino having elbow problems and shoulder problems. We know how to fix elbows. People have fixed elbows for years now and they've come back better. And that's not to say that shoulders aren't recoverable. I mean, Hula Urias is probably a good. Took him uh, a few years, though. Okay. Yeah, and I just think, I mean, okay, like, yeah, I think it's biased too because we see it more all the time, John, but or Urias feels like the exception and not their goal, maybe on shoulders. So like, yeah, he's a positive case to look at, but there's more concerns. So you'd rather this be an elbow issue than a shoulder issue. Hopefully he doesn't need surgery, but if you're talking surgery, now you're being optimistic, I guess, on the Debbie Downer here. If you're talking surgery with him, potentially he's done this year and he's probably done most of next season. Um, The guardians will add him to the 49 roster this winter, no matter what. That's not a question. And that, that's a future conversation we can have, which I don't think we need to be had right now. But um, that does, you know, pull a spot on your roster, unfortunately, for the long term if he was out next year. So it's unfortunate. He's back up and it keeps hurting him. So clearly that whatever was whatever they were doing wasn't working. Um, yeah, it's not good. And, and like you said, I, I totally agree with you, I think. People are saying, "Oh, well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't trade him for a, a p- player this offseason. Probably not. But also at the same time, like you said, teams might have been scared off of him being in trades. They may not have wanted him to trade for him because um, they weren't going to. They weren't trusting of the medicals, and that's going to hurt you in trades. So, you know, as much people say, we should have traded him. We had the chance, but you don't know. Teams might have been scared off by the." scared off of the prospect of the injuries in the past. So maybe they weren't going to have the chance to trade them They wanted to in the first place.
1: No oh, agreed. I just, teams are afraid.
0: Yeah. Uh Let's just keep on with the sadness. Jeff. Sad, this was a sad can, sadness. can we
1: just, can we take, uh, was that our first back-to-back home runs this year as a positive to kind of do a bit yeah. of a palate cleanser? Yeah, so yeah, I will, yeah. and to say this, like the way things can turn around, life comes at you quick, you know, that whole thing. Like right now, third on this team in OPS after Zanino and and uh, J-Ram is Josh Bell. So remember when like two weeks ago we had people telling us we're going to be stuck with him and he's a bum and he should get cut? Or, you know, listen, I was and I feel justifiably some people didn't like it. Uh, you know, I went after Ahmed after that pitch that he swung at that was, you know, approximately between Jupiter and Saturn. Like he swung at one that even if I don't even think he could connect with it um and yes the other two were out of the zone but you still can't swing at a pitch that you can't even touch so but he came back and bounced back today and guess what he's now fourth on this team in OPS so just to say like it's early deep breath everyone I know we're having a negative moment but this is just things can rebound <laughs> it's early on some very positive things happened today and just like that Ahmed went from worst to the top uh your bottom three now involve um well, one of them, Stephen Kwan, which I wonder if I'll get eviscerated in the comments again for daring say anything about Stephen Kwan, who yeah. is having struggles like he is going to be a great player. I believe in Stephen Kwan, but he is struggling a bit right now.
0: I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to address this real quick. I didn't talk about this. There was like some people floating images around on Twitter from supposedly Stephen Kwan's Instagram about a contract offer and he was taking notes on it. Um, whatever was I... in that. Supposed Instagram clip that he that someone screenshotted. I'm sorry, the stuff that was in that little book that he was reading from. Not buying it. It doesn't look no. legitimate. I I don't think it was. I someone was trying to have fun, and I don't think the, the stuff that was written there didn't make any sense in terms of who Stephen Kwan is. So I'm not buying. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not buying it. I, <laughs> I saw um, the it- images floating around, and, and I don't buy it
1: unless he's got like a burner account, his Instagram is, is not private. So, cause I, all I saw was people talking about it. So I went to his Instagram and there was nothing there about it.
0: Well, it, they claim that he deleted the story, but I, and I didn't see it either, but I'm telling, I think, I think someone was just trying to pass it off. Yeah, I, funny, it yeah. just,
1: it's, I don't know. Like he is someone who with tends, sources. It tends to, he tends to keep everything so tight to the vest and just like be a good teammate. And you know, he's Mr. Chess, Mr. Plan and think like that does not feel like a, Plan and think and yoga chess guy approach to like no. leak information and like even put yourself in a situation that could negatively reflect upon you,
0: especially and when you're was, having a rough go. And there was a negative quote in there, a negative line about Miles Straw, which we know those two are tight. So he's not right. Yeah, that's it. So. Like,
1: can we just go one more note on Miles Straw before we move on? Like, I know he's struggling a bit, but like, he is like a med, like, he is well loved. Like, when he got traded from Houston, the Houston Tegan was PO'd. Like that, that was a trade that made them revolt a bit. Um, He is well loved. I don't think anyone has any issue. Remember miles straw coming to his defense when the Yankees fans were saying racist things to Steven Kwan and throwing stuff. Who was the first guy there to defend him? I don't believe I'm that miles for wrong. a second. So yeah, I think it's junk. Yeah. Move on, move it on, move along. Yeah.
0: Nothing to see here. All right. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to see here. Cause we are running behind yes. on topics to talk about. We've got, we still have things. I don't know if we need to go deeper into the series. Look, the guardians did not do well against the soft. No it's so, we will talk about that, but it was so frustrating to, to not be able to hit Devin Smelzer when you didn't get Sandy Alcantara. So frustrating that you couldn't hit Braxton Garrett, who I'll give him Braxton a little more. Garrett is good. But...
1: Braxton Garrett. Okay, is a solid.
0: The, De- the Devin smelter thing is bad. Yes, it was really that, bad. That's
1: that's not defendable. That is hundred yeah. percent. Something that you got to do. Uh, I, I agree.
0: Well, We'll get into more of that in just a second. Uh, make sure you are checking out SiriusXM to listen to the Guardians and Rockies on Monday night. Just search Guardians if you have an XM subscription. We will get into more of the Marlin series and some of the Rocky series in just a second.
1: You know, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, You know, I like a new sponsor and I'll be honest, I am going to try BetterHelp Uh, as hosts. We get the chance to try it out. That doesn't always happen. And I'll just be very honest with who I am. I am a person with attention deficit disorder. You might notice me looking all over the place and hyperactivity. Uh, As a teacher, I often hear from parents who talk about things like, uh, you know, to me, let's put it this way. I think uh, when you have ADD, it is a anxiety disorder and sometimes just talking to someone is very helpful. Um, I feel like in the past, having that chance to have someone who you can talk to about things is just great for uh, deepening your own self-awareness and understanding and, and having someone to, you know, sit there and help you work through things. I think that is very, very valuable to have, and it is something that I am going to check out because I think it is a valuable experience to to have that. And if you're thinking of starting BetterHelp, give... It's thinking of starting therapy. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. But we'll a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist. Switch therapists anytime. No additional charge. Discover your own potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. And then I also want to talk about, you know, we talked about this as a new one. Now we got one of our oldest ones. Built bar. Uh, We had a lot of fun with the the built balls um, last time. Uh, I'm surprised no one commented, but hey, right now their newest flavor is a new peanut butter puff. I like puffs. I think they do peanut butter well. I think peanut butter is one of the things they do great. So I would, that's what's going to be one that will tempt me to order another box of built bar. Their best selling flavors right now are the cookies and cream, AKA the Oreo, the peanut butter puff, the coconut brownie stripe bar puff, the cookie dough, bar the brownie batter puff and the peanut butter brownie balls go to builtbar.com you also right now have a sale going on can i highly recommend the churro puff bite i like the churro puffs eight ca- 80 calories 8 grams of protein check it out for yourself remember to go to builtbar.com or go to sam's club or walmart check them out for yourself that is builtbar.com promo code lock 15. and can i throw one thing out here before we dive in this conversation um, I don't want to make this view as me being negative on the Cleveland Announce crew. Um, you know, we had Andre on, and he was fantastic. He gave us so much more time. I am going to recommend um, for this Colorado series listening to Colorado. And this is again nothing against Cleveland. Jack Corgan was the announcer of my youth. I did not have cable growing up, so WAB forty three. You know, uh, touch them all. You know, it's it's hearing. A uh, bunch of all time. time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm just saying for me personally, I always look forward to this Colorado series. Uh, I'm going to be listening with Colorado's. And again, that's not anything other than Jack Corgan is like the dude to me personally. Cause that's what I grew up with. So I'm going to listen to Colorado. I'm just going to throw out that recommendation. And again, no beef. I love Andre to death. He was so gracious with his time. And like I said, I was blown away when he asked us names to know and, and write them down, and was so collaborative. He is an amazing dude, and uh, no matter what happens with Cleveland, I hope he has a long career connected to this team. Um, but I would love, I would love a world where it's where it's Andre and Jack somehow uh, discussing the Cleveland Guardians.
0: That'd be fun. All right, let's get into a couple things from this weekend real quick. James Karincheck, Uh that's the way you said his fourth home run this year. Three about yeah, the fastball. Fastball.
1: Yeah. I uh, real I quick.
0: Went... I'm going to throw a graph up on the screen while we're talking. Go ahead. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the spin rate from James Karinchek's fastball.
1: So I, I did some math. <laughs> if you want math on this, um, so he has gone from 70th percentile on his fastball spin to 28th percentile. His exact average velocity is 95.2, the same these past two years. So the fastball is the exact same, but spin is down 172 rotations, which is a 7% drop. That's pretty significant. That is why we see um, some of the things go like, yes, his curveball isn't going as much in spin either, but curveballs, you don't really need the spin. It's not as, as helpful, but there's a significant drop in his fastball spin and three of his four home runs have come on the fastball. Uh, he's just not fooling anyone with it right now. He's you know he's still missing some bats here and there, but it's it's a concern. Like if you're talking about m- who am I most concerned about in the pen, it's not Class A, it's not Stefan. it's certainly not Eli Morgan, our short king. But um, it's it's right now it's it's number ninety nine, and yeah. this is very reminiscent of two years ago before when there were crackdowns and there's there's basically I mean when the velocity is the exact same and the spin rate has changed. Either I saw someone said to me, and this makes sense, that you can't get quite the right rosin mixture of sweat in that shortened clock time um, so that maybe the ball isn't getting as much spin with the way it was set or a year ago, you knew exactly when you'd be checked, like only in like every fourth and seventh inning. You got to check. So if he was in there in the eighth, no check and if could know when, if he could, you know, and yes, there was nothing found on him the one time the twins checked, but now it's completely random. So there is, you know, it's harder to get that done. There's not as much time. It does seem like that this is a change in something. And I'm also curious to see just what goes on with Rosin after the big Max Scherzer thing, because that yeah. was, that's going to be something else that shines some light on it. But no matter what's going on here, even if there has something has changed to have that big of a drop in his spin. And it is concerning. Like he can't, he he was in there in the eighth, and it made sense. They had a five-run lead. But he, if it was a three-run less-run lead right now, he can't be he can't be your eighth-inning guy.
0: Yep, you can see if you are watching on YouTube, you can see the spin rate was twenty-four hundred when he first came up. Twenty twenty-one, it dropped a little below, and they started cracking down on on the, the spider tack or whatever you used mm-hmm. that wasn't natural rosin. And then twenty twenty-two, it kind of crept back up when they were getting lax about it, and now it has plummeted to its lowest of his career. So I, I think for sure yeah. he's got go to It's almost exactly where it was the last time there was an issue. Yeah, so definitely a concern. Uh, I was wondering, too, Sam Hench is, is two rehab appearances in right now. I think he's going to need at least two more. So I, like I said, I think I think the first week of May probably makes the most sense for him. But who goes when he comes back? I, people were saying, oh, maybe it's him, Heron. But I... I don't know. I think Karen Chat could use a trip to AAA to figure out what's what's going on here when Hentges comes back. I don't think it's necessarily Tim Heron.
1: No, I mean, I could see it going either way. I feel like they'll probably give 99 a little more time. So it, Heron it could be someone like Curry, especially like, you know, let's say this well, uh, Hentges is ready after a Curry does a bullpen game start where he kind of gets three four innings, let's say, on, you know, this week. <clears throat> on Wednesday and then all of a sudden they need to, to flip and go somewhere else if they decide to pull henches a little bit earlier for this weekend's slate of games if that's possible. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Curry Heron or I, I would say Curry or Heron. I, I feel like they'll probably run with ninety nine for now. They they you know they can Maybe. still say that it's small sample size. Um but again I'll point out that he's already like twenty percent of the way to, he's thrown as many pitches twenty, you know, twenty percent of the pitches he threw a year ago, and we're, you
0: know, still in April. All right, I know we're going to end the show on a big rant about uh, bunting and the shenanigans that happened on Saturday night, but real quick, I want to, I want to throw this out here. So going into the series on, I it was Thursday or I think it was Friday or Saturday. I don't know when the quote came out because they didn't play Friday. Uh, Terry Francona had said, you know. They were going to face three lefties once they scratched Sandy Alcantara for Devin Smeltzer. And he was saying, well, you know, it gives you a chance to play Oscar Gonzalez and other stuff like that. But he also made a point to say, well, we don't want to sit Josh Naylor. We don't want to sit guys three days in a row. Cause that's not productive. You can't, can't keep guys playing. If you sit them three days in a row, that's a problem. Um, Will Brennan was non-existent in this series, so he went from saying, well, we don't want Josh Naylor out of the lineup all three games because that's not good for us if we are sitting guys three days in a row because that's not productive for them. It doesn't help them. So Josh Naylor played two out of the three. Will Brennan was a reserve all three games. What what happened here? Like, I don't understand how you can say Josh Naylor has never hit lefties, and they keep saying, well, we think he can. We think he can. We want to give him the chance to. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with it. He hit Hazel Cesardo, but why isn't that extending to Will Brennan? Why was he relegated to being a pinch runner and a a pinch uh, defensive replacement this weekend in the same vein when he said that? I don't understand why Will Brennan didn't exist this weekend.
1: I I don't understand either. And again, yes, Josh Naylor was respectable, but I think we've also seen, for the most part, that's not going to happen. Today's the freak occurrence. We need to see Brett in. He needs to get at least one game out there. and They need to do something. But it, it was, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me either.
0: All right. Well, I'll let you get started on giving up bucks. I have, I have some thoughts as well. We got to get wrapped up here. But yeah. Uh...
1: So bunting is terrible. Uh, I don't want the comments below. You know, don't, don't try to sell me on it. Bunting is terrible. Because here's what happens. Especially in this particular situation. This is like the dumbest time to bunt. Uh, you have a hit batter followed up by a walk. You have a guy who is having command problems. So you know what's really hard to hit is a ball that's not in the zone, or I should say to bunt. You really you do better on a bunt that's in the zone. So if a guy actually isn't in the zone, if he's struggling with his command, he is a lot harder to bunt. Uh, so on top of that, here's a guy who's struggling. Let's give him an out. Let's let him out. He is under pressure. He is struggling. He will gladly take an out. Like you are helping him out. There isn't a pitcher in the world who's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry they bunted those runners over. And I think that says something that literally every pitcher would be like, yeah, advance the runners. I will gladly give up an out to advance the runner. There isn't a pitcher on this planet who disagrees with that statement, which just shows it's a bad approach. So we can get in. We're not going to get into like who, you know, if it was Freeman, what they said, you know, the basic thing we heard from Andre in this offseason was they tell the hitter advance the runner at any costs, and then they kind of make a choice from there. The problem is then they need to talk to these guys and be like, don't bunt because you advance the runner. And well, in this case you didn't. And then, you know, everything else that happened happened, but especially with the new rules, you got Jimenez um, is your lead runner who runs well. Um, I'm trying to think who the, the number two runner was. Was it Oscar?
0: I can't remember now. Remember,
1: But I feel like the, the runners were decent, like run, like you got to, why give away an out? Do a double steal you got as good of a chance of advancing those runners um i bet a double steal gives you a better percentage outcome to win than a sack bunt does and there are the rare guys like miles straw it makes a little bit of sense because he's such a controlled bunt guy that he can sometimes even bunt for a hit but i mean the rest of this team no one really practices bunting like you're having them do something they don't practice against a guy who's not in the zone and what do you happen you give up an out you short circuit your rally and you get nothing out of it, and you get a little bit slower on the bases because no knock on Freeman, but Jimenez versus Freeman, Jimenez is faster. Um, So you get a little slower on the bases. You give up and out. You get nothing out of it. And then my personal pet peeve again with Ahmed. Yes, those two – for, and we've seen this in a few games now. The umpiring is terrible. They're squeezing the zone late. It feels like they are rushing to get out of that park. But he can't swing at that third pitch where it was. Like that is just something you can't do. And on top of that, you're pinch hitting for the catcher. Why was he out there? Like Zanino should have been pinch hitting. He's been their best hitter all year. He is a killer of lefties. And mm-hmm. you're having him pinch hit for a catcher. So guess what? Zanino's coming in that game if you tie it up. If Ahmed laces right. a single and it's tied, Zanino's coming anyway. So why not go to Zanino? Then you get the the weirdness. I I was sitting there um, you know, uh, in my daughter's room, volume off, watching it with the dullest setting texting justin to be like what is happening like i am so confused after the whole like foul ball situation he had to like explain it in text because i couldn't have sound on but it was just so frustrating like if you saw me on twitter you could see i was i was pretty ticked off but no bunting bunting is it just it doesn't make any sense in that situation for everything i said um that inning just oh it was like the the earlier game was it was easier to deal with just because they had such opportunities there and then it was just like give it away give it away give it away now
0: yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you said. Honestly, I can't add it to better than that. It's a bad thing. Bunting for a hit is fine. I don't I don't mind bunting for a hit. If you are struggling, if you're getting miles straw, that, that's fine. Uh, that situation was not the right time to do it. And there maybe are very very limited situations like extra innings, the guy on second, right. If you're the home team, you need to play for one run to win. I'm okay bunting the runner over to third with with no, with nobody with one out. So if nobody out, he gets the third with one out. I'm okay with that. This was not the right time to do it. Like you, like Jeff said, this is. Freeman uh, swung AJ the bat Puck. well. Yeah, he was swinging the bat well. Puck couldn't throw strikes. He hit. He hit Jimenez. He walked Arias on five pitches. There there was just it didn't make any sense to just go out there at least and it was on the first pitch no less. That's the problem at least let him go out there and prove he can get in the zone. I know if you get behind 0-1, it's hard to get a bunt down if that's what you really want to do. And everyone's like, oh, if he gets the bunt down and it works, then no one's saying anything. No, I'm sorry. A bad, good results of a bad process don't equal this is okay. Like process over results. If you have a good process, your results will come. Sometimes it won't always work out like that, but I am not going to reward a bad process because it worked out well this time. Just because you... Can uh, drive into oncoming traffic and not get hit once doesn't mean you should do it all the time. That's just it's not how it works. Um, yeah, just not not very smart. <clears throat> Who is going to pitch Wednesday? We, don't, we didn't end up having time to preview the Rocky series, but well, Monday is Austin Gomber, another soft-tossing lefty. Yay! Great. Against Cal Quantrill.
1: Yeah, we'll 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 definitely get into the the mystery of Wednesday uh, on tomorrow's show because I don't it's think curry. Get, let's be honest, it's, it's curry. probably curry, let's, yeah. Let's just, but we'll yeah. we'll we'll get into the logic behind it uh, as well, like like we did with Logan Allen, where we were able to predict that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into these games, and you know, who knows what's going to happen? That's kind of the fun of baseball when you play this many. Something weird can happen any day. A week ago, we probably weren't expecting Logan Allen. So uh, let's just uh, let's see what the day has for us. We'll have some fun, and uh, hey, they won today. They should win tomorrow. They should win the day after. That's what don't we call a winning that. streak.
0: Mm. Stop assuming things.
1: I mean, right now they should be nine and zero in their last nine games. But you know, that's 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 a story for another day. Uh, just yeah. you know, eight and one, seven and two. I would have taken, but yeah, it's it's not. The, I, I don't know. This Rockies team is really bad. So we'll have some fun with this Rockies team. Uh, one of the worst run owned uh, teams in baseball. Sorry, Rockies fans. You deserve better.
0: The good news is this division sucks. The White Sox did not play well this weekend against the Rays. Nobody's playing good against the Rays. No. The Twins did take two out of three from Washington, but they're still not doing that well. So
1: and the, the Royals and Tigers are trying to be uh historically awful offenses. So that doesn't say, of time.
0: doesn't say anything good about the Guardians. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Plenty of time. But uh thank you all for doing your part, listening, reading, and reviewing, downloading that all helps. Uh, make sure you are checking it out daily every dayers. Um, let me pull up our list. See you check my list, check it twice. Only Dennis Quigley is not naughty. Everyone else is nice. And Dennis, thank you. Uh, I've got, you can't read my handwriting here. Uh, John Fagan, always commenting. I see that in there every single day. And, uh, Nolan Dasick, who I've talked about before, who DM me about longer episodes, uh, He's a football player as I want to say um, But thank you all for being in every dare uh, Keep doing your part And go go Guardians go Beat the Rockies